0: Hey everyone, and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter, and joining me, as always, is Tim. Hello. (laughs)
1: Surprise.
0: (laughs) Surprise, yes. (laughs) Uh, This is a horror movie podcast. Every week we get together, we talk about horror movies. We go see a movie, and we come back, and we discuss it, usually quite in-depth. Of course, we have a big release this week, The Invisible Man from Blumhouse, Lee Wannell's new film as a director. Definitely his biggest film as a director, obviously he did Insidious 3, he did Upgrade, and then he did this, and this is kind of his biggest, highest profile movie, but they're really, they're really marketing this, they're really putting it out there. Elizabeth Moss, of course, stars in it. Uh, We've been kind of excited about this one uh, for a while because it sounded like such a cool uh, new version of The Invisible Man, Uh, the idea of a woman who is stalked by her, believed to be deceased, abusive ex-boyfriend, and he's invisible, so he's able to torment her and make her look crazy and make her think she's going crazy and all these things. So uh, that is the general premise of The Invisible Man. Of course, we will start spoiler free. We'll give you warning before we go into spoilers. And for the people watching the video, uh, we should probably become visible again just because this will be really awkward if we still like this the whole time. So just, you know, oh, here, we're here. We're, we're here. Uh, so magic. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So that that was was the gist of the film. Uh, Tim, what did you think of The Invisible Man?
1: Uh, Well, first of all, I gotta say uh, I I don't know if you know what this is, but I saw this in IMAX. (laughs) uh...
0: (laughs) What do you mean? I don't know if you know what that (laughs) is. Tim. (laughs) Tim. I am familiar with the IMAX,
1: yes. Okay, and... Yeah, you know, I gotta, I gotta say, it's a little loud. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I, I like how big the screen is, but I think they, they should they need to turn the volume down a little bit uh, when you go Joe, into the IMAX. I
0: love that you were trying to crack a joke that I had never heard of an IMAX, only to turn
1: into an old man. it's a bit too loud for my <laughs> liking. <The laughs> IMAX is too loud. The the movie wasn't too bad. It was like that for some reason. The trailers like sounded really high up there. Um. So that ruined my experience a little bit, but, <laughs> uh, other than that, though, uh, I gotta say, I kind of love this movie. <laughs> it, it was, uh, I, I thought it was great. Um, the, you know, it, it is, a, you know, it, it's a, it's a, a very interesting, cool, unique take on, um, you know, the invisible man. I don't know if like, do, do you consider this like a reboot? of the original movie because to to me it doesn't really like it it doesn't really feel like it has like too much like in common with you know what i think of as like you know the universal invisible man monster it's like not to say that it's bad like i think this is like an awesome version um but i I just feel like it's kind of its own thing you know
0: no it very much has its own thing it's well it's, it's, it's a weird comparison because they're using the name, obviously, right? They wanted to use the name. There's definitely a couple of little like, callbacks to it, and this is a little hom- homage sure. there to the original Invisible Man. But they're very different movies. The original Invisible Man is kind of a horror comedy where the Invisible Man himself is the main character, and it's kind yeah. of him going kind of insane and cracking jokes and being a menace, and it's more mm-hmm. hijinks, right? Whereas this movie's like, no, no, the Invisible Man is a silent stalker who's like, you know, might just be always there, and you don't know if he's there or not. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's meant to be scary. And it, it You know, what is it exactly? It's... I think what makes this movie work, because I like this movie as well, right? And I, I think what yeah. makes this this work, and you, you, you're you not sitting there going, like, I can't believe they're using the title and getting away with this and, and sure. doing this weird new take where it's this, this instead of what it was. The idea for this movie is so like it just makes so much sense to the point where you're like why did no one think of doing this like 20 years ago or 30 years ago like it feels like this is the obvious place to take it and uh, if Mm. anything like it almost feels like the original invisible man is the one that feels like it should be the jokey one that we do now is kind of almost like a (laughs) not a satire but like as a okay we've done serious movies of this now let's do this jokey version where it's all more about the hijinks Mm. it's kind of funny in a weird way that we got that version first and this came much later, <laughs> this came almost, <laughs> you know, eighty years later. So mm-hmm. that's yeah, that's interesting to me. I, uh, but uh, so yeah. do do I consider it a reboot? I mean, I don't. Know. I mean, I guess I consider this in the same way that I consider any new like Dracula, Dracula or, movie. or werewolf movie to those Universal monster movies. Some of them yeah. are very similar to those that same ideas, but sometimes. they're they're not i mean not even dracula i mean i'd probably go further and say vampire movie this is this is this is uh like i don't know near dark near dark or a girl walks home alone at night to dracula right yeah that makes sense totally um yeah i
1: I don't know maybe it's a weird (laughs) way to start the discussion but it's just something i was thinking of because i feel like you know people were talking about that before like oh you know like um all the other universal monster reboots have failed but you know uh you know lee one l uh, you know has got his take and um yeah so i don't know it's uh, uh yeah it just seems like such a kind of a weird comparison but i that being said though i, I absolutely love the movie
0: <laughs> yeah so I, I guess i'd say yeah it's, it's, it's a new entry in the invisible person subgenre as opposed yeah. to a remake yeah. or whatever of classic invisible yeah. man
1: yeah the original invisible man and then of course, Invisible Maniac. And
0: then uh, <laughs> no, this one. <laughs> the best Invisible movie of all, yeah. Invisible Maniac.
1: Um, yeah, what what I love about this is like it's. Um, I think I mentioned this with the trailer. Uh, what really sells it is like it's it's about something. Like it's not just um, like you know. There's more to it. I think like a lot of the, you know, movies that uh, we've seen over the last couple of years that we really like. Uh, you know, it, there's nothing wrong with just having kind of like a cool horror surface level horror movie but um you know there's something else here where you know it does feel very timely um you know dealing with a you know a woman uh you know kind of suffering from abuse and dealing with trauma and you know getting over that and you know um kind of having all this stuff that happening to her people don't believe her like you know, there's all this kind of social commentary that can go with that um, alongside just really, you know, cool movie stuff. Like I think the cinematography is great. The performances are great. I like that it feels very minimalist. Like mm-hmm. um, there are I, I'm really impressed with how tense Juan uh, L <laughs> was able to make you know just a camera shot of just like a blank hallway like there's so many scenes where the camera yeah. will just pan over and you see nothing well it's,
0: it's kind of the joke with making a movie about an invisible person right where <laughs> it can just feel kind of goofy because like because there's, 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 there's moments where like you know we'll get too spoiler here but there's, you know, there's moments in any movie like this where you've got a character who's interacting with the invisible person mm. and you know usually they'll be struggling or something like that and that can feel kind of silly you, know, you can almost like, you can almost see william shatner going like Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, pretending that he's been sh- uh, strangled or whatever, uh, you know, and like that can feel goofy. It's so obviously first of all you have Elizabeth Moss, who's a good actress, and that's a big reason why this works. But <laughs> I think the reason why the cinematography works and feels doesn't feel goofy when it's doing things like that. It's simple little things like it won't just cut to a shot of an empty hallway, right? it'll pan over to a shot of a hallway from wherever the main characters are and then it'll pan back to them and it'll be like, hey, he might be there. Like, we're kind of telling yeah. you that there's something there. And I think that's where it kind of kind of works and that's why it feels kind of tense. And the pacing is just right. You have to pace it appropriately. You have to make yeah. it feel like we're going over and looking at something. So even though we can't see anything in the hallway, we have to feel like like any other shot in a movie, we're, we're focusing on the thing that would be over there For the right amount of time, and then coming back, even though there's nothing actually there,
1: (laughs) definitely. And and I feel like if this was a maybe like a bigger budget movie or something, like you'd probably have some bullshit like CG like kind of predator vision effect or something, you know, where you you still kind (laughs) of see like an outline. Like, um, like I'm I'm really glad that they didn't uh, do that because I just love the. Yeah, like the just complete emptiness of some of those shots. And, um, you know, it's not to say that, like, everything is like that. Like, they they are lots more, like, creative uh, things that they do, you know, with it other than that. But um, it's a really good build up to, you know, uh, like, starting with some of that kind of stuff and then just leading to, you know, bigger and more interesting things that they do with it.
0: Yeah. Um, I... Yeah, I dig that stuff. Uh, One of my things that I love in horror movies, especially when it comes to supernatural things, not that it's supernatural in this case, but it kind of falls into the same blanket, uh, is the idea of, like, okay, once we establish the threat and what the thing is, uh, like, how the main character or characters then decide to try and, like, okay, now we know this is a thing, how do we fight back? And Mm -hmm. it's something as simple as, like, okay, if I can't see the person, how can I try and turn that against them or turn mm-hmm. or you know whatever right so in the case of this one the first thing that happens which I don't think it's too special to say is that she throws like some like coffee beans all over the ground so that if he right. walks towards her there'll be some footprints and she can see him coming mm. and that's the moment in a movie like this where I start to go oh yes yes start yeah. to start <laughs> to fight back start to think outside the box and think about how you can fight this because that's what gets really interesting to me in movies like this is like you know anything like you know, Dream Warriors for example Nightmare on Elm Street 3 why I love that one probably more even more in the first movie in the series is because it's about the characters saying, Okay, how do we fight back? How do we actually take the rules that we've that they've established? Because one of the things that should be should be a case in this movie and for the most part it sticks to it. There's maybe some slight things I can maybe like nitpick at later, but sure. like but for the most part, this is just a human being who's walking around, right? It's not like yeah. he's invisible but he's walking around. So he has the same weaknesses theoretically as any human does. You just have to know where he is to to Do it so the challenge is in finding him, the challenge is in seeing him. Now, admittedly, that's maybe a little bit of stretching your disbelief a-, a touch when it comes to like the fact that he seems to almost never make any noises, you know, like he's very quiet right. on his feet. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, you kind of roll with that because it makes the movie work and you just kind of accept it. But, uh, you know, that's what it is.
1: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Like, I, I wouldn't say it's like a flawless movie, like, there is some logic stuff that you know, if you think about like all right, well, uh, wait, how do they get to this place so fast and mm-hmm. blah, 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 whatever. But um, <clears throat> again, it, it's one of those movies, though, where you can easily let that stuff go because I, I think everything else surrounding it is so good. Um, yeah, I think... That, wh- 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 know, <sighs> any minor quips are just very much like forgettable.
0: <laughs> yeah, wh- one of the things that I think it needs to do for me, and it kind of does, is... The escalation of what the Invisible Man does to her, and like how just just how yeah. nasty he can really be if he wants to, because no one can mm-hmm. see what he's doing, uh, and they they really, they really sort of nailed that. There's a there's a big turning point about maybe two thirds through the movie. Mm-hmm. That it was a really well done scene. It was really shocking. It, it kind of like yeah, of course. Like I'm glad it went there because it would have
1: felt like it was holding back too much if it didn't. And yeah, and uh, I I think I know uh, which scene you're talking about, and I'll say. Um, actually a couple of points in the movies I was like generally surprised mm. <laughs> you know like at the places they go or some of the things they do
0: like, oh, and the, uh, movies, well, <laughs> the, the movie starts off really strong as well like
1: I love the opening
0: sequence. Yeah, because the opening of the movie, uh, like I mean, first of all, the opening titles, uh, they do this thing where it's like water crashing against rocks, you know, beside the cliff, and when the water splashes up, it's like it's hitting invisible credits, and it's like dripping yeah. off, and you <laughs> see them for just a second, and then they go away. It's really cool. Very fun. Very, very flashy, but it's a, it's, as far as gimmicky credits go, these ones are pretty cool. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it starts off with her lying in bed next to her boyfriend, and this is her escape from his, because he's a rich guy, he's like a millionaire. Yeah. Uh, we-
1: one thing I was curious about, I I don't know if they, uh, say exactly in the movie, but uh, were they just boyfriend and girlfriend, or were they married? Just boy,
0: get, boyfriend, girlfriend. They were never married. Okay. Um, because at no point in the movie did they ever mention a divorce or her, yeah, like you know, like the word the word husband or wife is never used. So they they weren't at that point. Uh, okay but you know and we see her lying there kind of creeped out and what's really smart about this this opening is that there's almost no dialogue of any kind mm-hmm. uh, for the, yeah. almost the entirety of it and what's so beautiful about film as a visual medium is that it always feels more engaging when you get things from context rather than it just being spoon fed to you so totally. seeing her sneak around the bed and seeing her trying to like because it's like a prison escape she's got like stuff planted yeah. around the house she's got like a plan she has to do all these various steps to like get away she's drugged them so that he's still asleep hopefully and it, it sets up all these things uh now i will critique it there's one little thing that it set up that i thought they could have used a little bit more uh there's a moment yeah. where before she leaves she like turns one of the security cameras to look at the bed oh, right. so, so she can check if he's still there on her phone and i thought that yeah. was going to be like a, a device that they use like where she like uses that and keeps looking and then he would be gone in one shot yeah. and they never did they actually never just used, used it for anything which i thought was weird but minor quibble
1: yeah, but I yeah I I wonder though if that if part of it was uh maybe expectations because you, you you know kind of keep expecting him to to wake up or something at any moment. But well uh, well that's uh,
0: fair. But like they never even uh, that would be fine if it, if it didn't do that thing I just said. But they they never even have her look at it and check it every once in a while. That's true. Yeah. You know there's no there's no use of it at all <laughs> after that. So
1: yeah. Uh, but uh, I what I, I absolutely love this though. It's it's so tense and before we even know anything about this person or about the invisibility stuff that comes into in later, it sets him up as such a threat.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what I like about it is like the way she's sneaking around and the way she's terrified of him waking up, it tells us everything we need to know about who he is. It tells us everything we need to know about this going in.
1: Yeah. Like, I'm really glad that actually like, you know, they really never go into detail about exactly like what it, like, you know, they mention, like, kind of, like, some, like, stuff about it, but, you know, they never actually say, like, oh, he did this to me, he did that to me, it's, uh, like you said, like, we get everything we need to know from, like, all these context clues, and you can just tell, like, oh, yeah, he's a piece of shit, he's a very bad person.
0: Yeah, and I also loved it in this opening, you never see his face, at least not until the very end, like, it it kind of hides his face, and it's, it's almost like it's trying to make a point of saying this is like he just kind of represents all bad guys, right? He, this is you yeah. know it's a, a woman who's trying to escape this abusive relationship, and he represents just kind of everyone. Now, of course, that goes away by the end of the movie because we have to introduce you know him a little bit more and and so on. But right. like uh, like I, I really dug that element of it, and I, I, all this just felt really tense. It, it worked really well, um, and you know the movie goes from there, and it's you know it's about this this like her trying to get over this abuse, but of course he. F- you know seemingly he's faked his death and starts coming after as an invisible person uh, <laughs> and you know obviously we'll leave the plot there and we'll talk a bit more in spoilers but uh, I, th- I think all, all of that opening is really effective and all of it tells you exactly what you need to know about him before we even start and it does it in a way where we're kind of putting the pieces together and it's, it's told through the actions and through the visuals rather than here's a list of things that he's done. And we kind of get like a scene kind of like that where she tells like, you know, her, cause she's living with uh, this friend of her sister's, this cop uh, named James uh, and her his daughter. And she's kind of telling uh, him and her sister, uh, Emily, she's telling them, you know, kind of, t- t- not, not fully... Like- some stuff, you know, kind yeah. of given a vague sense of what he was like.
1: But and and yeah, and again, though, it's like it's all you need. Like I like that they don't go into specifics. Like you know, he was like, oh, he he would do this to me. It is just more like, you know, <clears throat> talking about how controlling he is and like how, you know, like you know, you can't get on his bad side and stuff. And it, yeah, like you said, it it really just kind of sets up like, all right, yeah, we <laughs> we know who the, who he is from this. Yeah, because there's um, a moment where,
0: uh, you know, if, if, if he didn't like what I was thinking, because you should say, oh, he would, yeah. he would just assume I was thinking things. And if he didn't like what he assumed I was thinking, and she kind of pauses and James says, would he hit you? You know, you're kind of concerned. Mm-hmm. And she, she her response was among other things, which really sort of just puts the, the, the bar of, like, how dark it may have got uh, yeah. up there. So,
1: And then it, and it, I like how it's, like, a setup to... Uh, Like, you know, basically throughout, like, the whole movie, how they kind of having, like, a cat and mouse game because, like, he knows, like, you know, what the kind of stuff that she's going to think or where she's going to go or want to do. So, yeah, it it gives him, like, a lot of um, stuff that he can kind of use to, like, set, like, you know, these kind of traps or baits or, you know, he, he knows, like, the best ways to make her look crazy.
0: And I will say this as well, I think the movie's paced in terms of uh, escalation very well because mm-hmm. I think any time where I was almost a bit ready to think, okay, I'm kind of tired of this portion of the movie where, like, okay, so she's seeing like the odd weird thing happen. I'm kind of like, I'm almost at the point now where this is maybe lasting too long. It, it, just at the right possible moment, it would escalate to the next part where, okay, now she is convinced he exists and it's him and he's around. And then just yeah. at the right possible moment, Things would get crazier where he was because for a long time, like he's he's being intentionally secretive. He doesn't want her to really know that he's there, but just yeah. at the right moment, it's like okay, the, the 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 facade of this isn't you know maybe or maybe isn't happening goes away. Like that just happens at the right point where all of a sudden, okay, now we're in the next part of the movie where the yeah. characters you know at least she knows this amount and so on and so on. So it, it kept changing yeah. itself at the right po- moment. Uh, so it doesn't. I wasn't just dragging out the one sustained like idea it was like always moving on to the new thing but not too quickly yep. as well because I actually really appreciated there's a whole section in the middle mm-hmm. where after some big stuff's happened she's alone in the house for a while and I appreciated like that section's like 20 minutes long of her just on in the house alone trying to like figure things out and I appreciated yep. just how long it felt like that lasted because I, I felt like it really devoted the time to it didn't feel rushed it didn't feel like they just sort of give you a quick jump scare and moved it on it was like no 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 we're going to really milk this just right yeah so
1: no yeah i totally agree with that and then um yeah i'm glad like like i I thought that there might be like an angle or something where you know she would think like it was a ghost or something like uh and i like that they don't really go there like you know pretty quickly uh she's like oh no (laughs) he's invisible and uh you know kind of similar to like we are saying before about how they establish him being a threat, like with, you know, um, without, you know, going like too in depth and stuff. I like that, you know, they don't really go into like a big thing about like explaining how the suit works or show him and like in his shop, making the suit. Like, again, they just give you these context clues. Like, you know, you see, he has this kind of advanced like research when she's sneaking out of the house. And then, <clears throat> you know, she mentions like, you know, he was a leader in, you know, um, uh, his optics research and stuff so yeah they, like they leave it, vague. it doesn't focus on yeah. the real, like how that would really work
0: <laughs> yeah they'll leave it vague enough and they just sort of go it is interesting though that this is a, it's a technology thing this time as opposed to uh you know like chemicals and science yeah. that, that, you know i mean it's still science but like you know uh very different to uh, the, the previous versions of the man yeah. Uh, so I think we will go into spoilers now so I think you know we'll take this time I'll thank our patron producers mm-hmm. for the month so thank you to David Shaw, Alison and Fordy Cindy Palacios uh, Tyler Hess and Talking Superman uh, that means they're all patrons at a twenty dollar above tier. But you can, of course, support us and everything we do, and keep all the content coming for as little as one dollar per month over at patreoncom TV And for that one dollar, you'll get a bonus, exclusive episode of streams every month. There's about fifteen now in the back catalog. Most recent episode was "Tourist Trap," uh, kind mm-hmm. of starting because you know we had a vote in October for uh, what our next season would be, uh, and that the winner was slasher movies and. We knew that we wouldn't really start slasher season until probably April, because it'd be after all the 2019 catch-up was done. Uh, but the, the first kind of entry in that, unless you count Jason X, but we're going to do that anyway, because it was part of the franchise we were doing. But, uh, you know, so that's that kind of the start of that trickling out, and uh, over the summer, we're hoping to do a lot of slasher stuff, uh, and then, of course, into October uh, where the October Thon will happen. So, uh, go have a look. Five dollar tier, of course, gets you uh, early access to all movie review episodes of Screams After Midnight by one day. Uh, so that's the new way we do things now. Uh, so the so Invisible Man, for example, this is going up Sunday night on Patreon, and it will be up uh, Monday for for everyone else. So, uh, go and check out Patreon.com/slash/MailpuzTV. TV. right. So full spoilers then for for the Invisible Man. So. <laughs> So, yeah, obviously, there's, <laughs> a, there's just some stuff early on where you're kind of seeing, like, you know, like, oh, maybe because I, I actually love, uh, after she first uh, suspects that there's something creepy happening, right, uh, and there's maybe, like, a, a moment where, because she's, she's sharing a bed with the teenage daughter of the, of, uh, of you know, Jamesy's daughter, James. uh, Sydney, She like so she's sharing a bed with her, and like the you know the visible man like pulls the uh, sheet off them in the middle of the night and she gets up and the two things that happen i don't remember the order of these events but the two things that happen here that i really liked uh were one she goes to pull the sheet and like he's standing on the end of it and he kind of mm. starts walking up it and it's kind of like flattening as he goes and i thought okay yeah. really cool visual really creepy um but the other one that i loved that was really simple is when he's just sitting in the chair and you can kind of see the indent and the, the, the soft cushion of the chair. like. Yeah. And what I liked about that is that it's such a normal, simple thing, but at the same time, it looks kind of weird because as much as that happens every time we sit in a chair, because it only happens when someone's sitting in the chair, you never see it without the person being. Like You never see yeah. just the indent itself. Right. Uh, <laughs> and I thought that was a really interesting visual. And, and of course, there's a, there's a homage to the original here. When she wakes up, uh, Sydney, the Sydney, the daughter, has a mannequin uh, with a hat oh, on yeah. it and it looks like the classic invisible man with the hat on and i thought that was yeah. cool i thought that was a neat touch yeah. uh so those, those are kind of the first creepy things that happen uh i think there's also it turns up the uh the, the, the flame on the the stove right. uh, at one point yeah. as well around this part of the
1: movie <clears throat> yeah uh yeah when she's making breakfast and she kind of leaves for a bit and then yeah he turns it up so a fire starts and then um which I think bef- which serves a, a, a purpose
0: actually because it establishes they have a fire extinguisher in the kitchen yeah mm-hmm. so serves a plot actually, purpose
1: yeah that's a good point uh and then uh yeah I think but and before that blanket scene I'm not sure if if we get the scene where she goes outside and you see the breath come out or...
0: yeah they they order of some of this stuff is a little bit you know, fuzzy like yeah. uh, it's all around this section of the movie but yeah you see the breath behind her. Uh, which was in the trailer i remember that being in the trailer yeah uh which is cool so we should mention actually kind of where she, what she's doing and where she is you know like we, we mm-hmm. cut it's like three weeks later after she's escaped mm-hmm. and she's staying at this guy's house that's the uh, uh, Jamesy's house and he's yeah. you know being really sort of like you know uh caring about her, about her, her feelings and uh mm-hmm. try to encourage her to go out and get the, the the mail from the mailbox because she's too scared to go outside because mm-hmm. you know he might show up you know adrian might sure this is
1: before she knows he's that he's or is told that he's dead
0: yeah
1: and 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 one of the reasons why she's staying like with this person is because she knows if she went to her sister that you know he would know hmm. where that is and stuff so you know she's trying to stay with someone that yeah she, she know, he she, wouldn't think of
0: she gets mad at her sister when she shows up so like, you're not supposed to come here he, he knows where you live he can follow you he, he can follow yeah. you here so because uh, there's a moment where she goes out to the the mailbox and this guy's just jogging and she gets scared of this guy just jogging thinking it's him and she runs back in um but it, it, this is just to set up like how scared she is. This is her, like you know her post escape, and uh, she's terrified of everything. She's like covering the camera on her webcam. Uh, yeah. The camera and her webcam, like <coughs> the, the camera, the webcam on her laptop. She's covering yeah. uh, because she doesn't want to be spied on. Uh, which I laid to bring that up because that is yeah. like a concern. And obviously, I don't cover my webcam, but something that I do. Uh, just because it, it's, people can hack your webcam, it's totally a thing that happens. Um, I always point my camera to the ceiling. Just to, if anyone hacks in, enjoy the view. Enjoy the view of the, the plain white ceiling.
1: My uh, my wife puts like a band aid. Yeah, it. yeah, people do that. Um, <laughs> I get it. But yeah, I think it's interesting because I feel like yeah, you know, we don't kind of see uh this in, in movies a lot where you're seeing the victim like how yeah, like, you know, she's affected with this even after, you know, seemingly she's escaped and she should be free and happy and everything, but no, it's still like every day is still, um, you know like torture because you're just so paranoid that this person's going to come back
0: yeah if you go if you go to that phrase you love for the news episode (laughs) social (laughs) horror like i think that's kind of the big point here is that it's not just the actual relationship itself it's just how terrified the person can be afterwards it's the the lasting trauma of of that experience and how it kind of messes a person up for however long uh so that 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 stuff is, is really cool and really well handled so I I dug all that, she finds out of course that uh, he's dead, uh, he's committed suicide and she goes and it's actually uh, Adrian, who's the Invisible Man, uh, his brother uh, Tom is like his lawyer, so they go to him and he's like, okay, he's he's left you five million dollars to be paid out in these increments over however many years and you just have to like sign this and yada 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 he's not a very pleasant dude, but and he kind of seems to think that she's just a gold digger and is what it is but
1: i i think maybe this is why i was wondering if they were like married or not like mm -hmm. i mean i guess you know you can put anyone in your will i guess to you know receive the funds or whatever but well i I think for um, me
0: this is why it confirmed for me they weren't married because it was the way that she was surprised she was getting something you know this was a choice that he made you know rather than just automatic you get everything because you're his wife that Uh, makes sense do you know what, do you know I mean? actually, just to go back to the technology yeah. stuff in the webcams because like, obviously it's a technological suit I do kind of love that this movie is set in present day and it uses technology in a way that feels believable and integrated into the world but it, doesn't oh, totally. o- but it doesn't overdo it you know it's like I feel like some movies are like oh we have to like use the internet and webcams and we have to do all these things like constantly like I mm-hmm. love that the webcam never actually plays into the movie it's just That's a, a concern yeah. she has uh, I, you know, later on, she uses a uh, Lyft at one point to get a, a, a taxi, you know, a cab, like, yeah. and, and, it's, and it's one of those things where it took me a second to go, like, how did that car show? Like, oh, she was on her phone for a second, there. she was just clearly using an app to get a car. I'm like, oh, yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> uh, like, it uses it in ways that feel natural, that don't feel like, hey, look at all the technology we've got now. Look, look at all these things. It just it felt natural, because... Uh, yeah. A certain movies, the ones that date really badly, especially, uh, will be like, "Hey, look at our technology! Look at this cutting edge!" Yeah. You know, remember Halloween Resurrection when texting was a new thing?
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm surprised they never really used at any point was any type of like thermal technology thing.
0: Yeah, well. I- I guess, I guess, I mean, maybe if the, the cops wanted to use that at the end, maybe the SWAT team get into the house at the end, maybe they were using yeah. that. But I, 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 what makes sense to me is that like most people don't have access to that, so it felt sure. believable yeah. in the sense that no, she's using the things that she actually has around the house that she can use to like yeah. fight uh, <clears> them. <throat> most people like, don't have a set of thermal goggles they can whip out at any <laughs> <laughs> any key point.
1: And like, and I'm and I'm sure like you could probably also like. You know, uh, I, I mean, obviously they don't go here, but like, I mean, you could probably make some type of leap of logic where, I mean, if the suit can make you invisible, maybe can also hide body temperature or sure, um, yeah. something. I don't know. Like the one thing I was kind of thinking of, um, which, I, again, I don't really explain, but I did kind of wonder if like if maybe the suit also like augmented your strength or something a little bit, because mm. a lot of the time he's just punching people. And like, you know, and I guess maybe he's not killing them when it, when they do it, but it seems like, you know, I don't know, like it would be, <clears throat> once you know the general vicinity of where the person is, like, you could tackle them or punch back or something, but I don't know.
0: No, there, there's several examples. Uh, I was going to bring this up to later, but there are several examples of him seemingly having extra strength and giving the ending, I, I think the ending confirms that there is increased strength because it's not just him that it seems to affect uh, that's true yeah so uh, I mean because I, I think early on I was just co- sort of going under the assumption of oh well it's like slasher movie rules the slasher villain just has a bit more strength for no reason uh, yeah. but <clears throat> I think the way it's used later on and then especially with the ending I felt like it was kind of saying now the suit does give the person some extra strength for whatever reason you know yeah. it's got some I don't know but it's, it's again it's one of those things you can kind of roll with because it doesn't defeat the purpose of the point of the movie it's, it's kind of yeah
1: yeah it, it, there's no um th- there's nothing about it that will be like oh <laughs> ruin ruined the movie for me or anything but it's, it's just something uh yeah that's kind of curious about yeah uh
0: so so they set this stuff up and the Invisible man kind of messes with her her life where you know she goes for a job interview and he's removed all of her portfolio she's because she's going for an architect's job that's what she used to do uh It also makes her look crazy in various other ways. She eventually Mm. finds uh, the bottle of the azepam that she dropped at the house, which was what she used to drug him. And he leaves it on the the kitchen or the the toilet counter for her.
1: And uh, what I like about this stuff is, um, like, it's not just, you know, he's not just trying to, like, physically torture her because, you know, it could be very easy, you know, Mm. to do something where he's, like, hunting her down or whatever. I like that um and again it feels very timely because you know these are like the kind of stories you hear about people like that gaslight women you know that you know like like there's a thing where you know shitty dudes will try to make you make a woman think like you know she's crazy uh yeah that's a theme you know, that,
0: and, that's a theme that comes up multiple times in this movie yeah <laughs>
1: yeah which you know very obviously if you're running around saying oh no like my boyfriend is, or is not really dead he's he's invisible and he's trying to kill me it's like yeah, <laughs> yeah it's gonna yeah. sound crazy but even like the more subtle stuff where it is like oh like yeah like why'd you turn the oven up so high or oh like how could you completely forget your your portfolio uh you know this important interview and you know all this kind of stuff you can see how it would like slowly like like, uh, start to affect you.
0: Yeah, because uh, yeah, he has out to torment her, and from everything we hear about what he was like before, that's just kind of, like, what he did. He, you know, he would make her feel like she was the crazy one for, for like, thinking she was being mistreated or thinking that, you know, like... Uh, and it's used by him multiple times, effectively. I love how it's just at the end, actually. We'll get there when we get there. Actually,
1: but. yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to jump ahead, like, too much, but one of the things I like about this is that, like, his... Like, uh you find out later that his plot isn't to kill her. <laughs> like, he's actually doing this to, like, win her back. <laughs> like, you know?
0: Well, yeah, which which is <laughs> perfect. This is the perfect kind of asshole behavior. Like, this is how yeah. you get a woman back. You have to, like, scale them into
1: it. Uh, yeah, because he's trying to make you think, like, oh, yeah, like, this is what your life's like without me. This is why you need me. Like, I can make this stop. And it's, like, it's, like, such a more shitty, terrifying thing to do versus yeah, someone just trying to run at you and kill you, you know?
0: Well, it's, it's what makes it feel far more relatable, as, as much as like, you know, obviously fantastical a lot of it is because he's invisible and because of what maybe he's super-strength that he seems to have at various points. It does have a point. This is what I was saying, where I said it doesn't defeat the point of the movie, because the, the point of the movie is to take the idea of like this this asshole abusive guy who tries to gaslight his girlfriend into coming back with him, uh, and tries to ruin her relationships with everyone around her and make her feel alone and vulnerable, so that she'll feel like she needs him. Like that core idea is just a, 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 a sadly an everyday thing, and what the movie's yeah. doing is taking it and turning up to eleven in this sort of like science or horror way of like you know making everything you know the hit television show, but for the Vampire Slayer, <laughs> teenagers think high school is hell. The show literally puts the school at the mouth of hell. You know, that, that is the, yeah. it's the metaphor, right? It takes the real thing and turns it up to movie heights of ridiculous, but it, it keeps its point. And that's why the movie is still effective because it's it's still actually saying something and it's still using it to show, hey, this is what men actually do. This is what some men do to some women. And this yeah. is us showing that in a hating sense where it's more entertaining and more like fantastical, but the core idea of what it's doing still there um so like yeah so and the whole thing about leaving the the bottle of the the diazepam out for to find and the the idea that this is in her blood and that's that's because she faints at the job interview and this is why oh, right, right. because he's drugged yeah. her uh like she drugged him and like this is kind of and this is why like we don't think she's created because even though we know that something's going on like we would maybe like one of the complaints we could have as an audience is that she jumps to the conclusion that he's around too quickly but mm-hmm. i think this like this is proof to her that it's him that it has to be him he's the only one who could know about this yeah uh and they do a the whole thing where the brother like shows her a photo of like his actual death like it's so it's like hey there's a body here uh, it's like, but I mean, obviously that can be fake So is he in on it? And he like assures her, like, no, like, there's nothing going on. Because, because she, she she goes to him and says, like, tell him to stop. I know it's him. Tell him to stop. And he's like, I don't, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> and then like you, you know, I I think the first time we see the brother, I, I think we are kind of like uh, screw this guy. Uh, but then the second time, I actually did feel a little sympathy for him because he actually like kind of you know confides in her he's like listen like he controlled me too like i hated him as well like i was like you know obviously he's not controlling her in the same way but you know he was also kind of like under his thumb and uh so i think like not like you feel like he's like uh you know a saint of a character or anything but uh after that second time it's kind of like oh hey like um yeah, he's like uh he was kinda like a a victim in in some ways too. And then <laughs> I like that that kinda gets flipped <laughs> later on as well.
0: Yeah. Uh so basically and, her, her sister and, yeah, sort of cut, oh, go on, what was what is it, Tim? What's so important?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I was just thinking too, like we um uh, actually going like way back to the beginning of the um you yeah, know, that opening scene. The Big uh, Bang. Oh, yeah. oh, the movie. Oh, the movie. Okay. I get yeah. you. Right. Uh, but we, we kind of did talk about like everything that happens like in that scene though. Cause I just want to go back to, again, it was so well done. And like, it feels so tense when she's sneaking around. And then I love, uh, the part where she's doing everything so well. And then she like accidentally hits the, the dog's food bowl. And it's just such a loud, mm-hmm. like sound compared to like the silence, everything you hear. And it was just so tense. And then, um, yeah, once she actually, uh, you know, does start running, and uh, like you had mentioned, like this whole time, like he's not getting up from bed, like it, like it's very tense, but it also feels kind of safe, uh, <clears throat> you know, right up to the second where her sister picks her up, and then finally you start to see him running through the woods and like putting his uh, hand through the car. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and for, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that the shot of it is just from inside the car. We, we don't cut to a shot of him running in the woods. We just see him right, running yeah, yeah. through the woods, like, behind her, like... Because she, yeah. she's, like, you know, on, on the what the, the left of the car. And we just see, like, from, through the window, uh, him running from the woods to, right up, and he starts buying on it and then punches through the window. And, like, that's yeah. when that's when our sister's like, oh, shit, I just need to go. <laughs> I just need to drive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I,
1: I feel like... Uh, I really like 1L because, I, I don't know, it feels like <clears throat> he exhibits a lot of like restraint as a director because it Uh feels like there's so many times where you know in other movies they would pan back to him and the bed would be empty or you know you would see a shot through the house and you just see him like standing behind like a you know a wall or something or or again like him screaming through the woods or anything but yeah I like that he's uh and I mean (laughs) It is the Invisible Man, so like I like that you don't see him, you know, throughout most of the scene, even though he does still feel like a threatening presence. And then, yeah, right up until that very last, you know, scene where they're coming away.
0: Well, I think the point of that, uh, why it's so effective, is that even before he was literally invisible, she was constantly in fear of what he might do, even when he wasn't yeah. around. So I think the idea that in that opening scene, even though he's not, he's not invisible yet, it still has that tense feeling of like. I hope he doesn't see me doing any of this right i hope like, totally. his presence yeah. still kind of felt like that so later yeah. on it feels like it's just like a natural extension of who he was Um uh, mm-hmm. so so at least dramatically it doesn't feel forced it doesn't feel fake it feels like no, no this is just who he is this is what the relationship yeah. was uh so <clears throat> yeah so at this point uh like her sister gets really pissed at her emily gets pissed at her because the invisible man has sent her an email from from cecilia because i don't even have mentioned elizabeth Mossy's name cecilia Uh, she from her laptop saying how much she hates her sister and how she wants her out of her life and i like the way this played in the sense that like like because this could have been very easy like well (laughs) would you believe this email if it was just like the worst thing like if it was just like the most awful thing ever but it sounds like he knows her well enough to kind of word it in a way that it feels like vicious but believable like Sure. You know, pointed yeah. out the things that she's actually done in her life so that it feels kind of specific and not just. Because if I sent. Tim, if I sent you an email saying, <laughs> oh, I hate you and I want you to die, <laughs> and. That, like, you'd probably think something weird's here. Like, someone's. <laughs> this is either a prank or a joke or something. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd have to, like, word it really specifically so you knew I was being dead serious and I hated your guts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I think, like, the way they. Like the, the way they also set the sister up, like I feel like, like, like I don't know how to describe it, but it like, but she seemed like someone that, um, is maybe like a, a little more like focused on herself or something. Like maybe that like this would play into, yeah, you know, more of her, uh, <clears throat> you know, kind of being like, hey, like I helped you, like screw you, like I, you know, like, uh, I guess me like yeah he, he knows how to offend her more yeah, yeah and, I, and I think also part like part of it is like they mentioned uh something about like I think in the email like you know she mentions like you know just giving her like a little bit of money or something like which I, I guess maybe that could also be believable if you know, it makes her sound like, "Oh, I'm rich now, and everyone wants my money." Like, screw you! Like, this is
0: all you're gonna get. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, when she gets some money, like she, when she goes back home to uh, to to James and Sydney, she buys him a new ladder because there's like a little bit earlier on where like uh, there's like a he's painting and his ladder is like really small and it's he's, he's struggling. Uh, so she buys him a ladder and then also gives her a, a bank account because we hear she wants to go to this to you know, a certain college and it's going to be really expensive. He's not sure if he can afford it on his cop salary and. Uh, she's like, oh no, I'm going to put ten thousand dollars in a bank account every month for you, so you can go to whatever school you want to. Uh,
1: yeah. uh actually, two things I-, I want to bring up real, real quick because we're kind of talking about it now. Um, <clears throat> you know, you mentioned before that like hmm. Elizabeth Moss' uh, performance, it- it's fantastic. By I think everyone really does a good job. Like, hmm. I think like you know James and Sydney were very uh, believable. Like, I, uh, yeah, I like the scenes of them just kind of you know hanging out and like getting along and.
0: Um, I think the important you know. thing is that they're likable because when what happens yeah. soon happens, like you have to feel uncomfortable that they think that she did something, and it's like, oh no, don't! Like you, yeah. you, you want them to know the truth because you, you, you kind of hate the the idea that he hates her now. Like it really upsets you. Yeah, but uh, you know what else
1: I really like though is I like their bananas. House. Oh, you're yeah. at their house. <laughs> <laughs> Bananas are fine, I guess. Uh, but but your fruit, no. okay,
0: sorry. Apples, oranges. What would you like, Tim?
1: <laughs> I like the, like especially in contrast to the opening scene, which is just like this very big, spacious, like you know, very modern decor kind of house, and then you know to kind of juxtapose it to what feels like a very much more believable you know, very small, normal. Um, yeah. Like, a, like a very like, yeah, normal house. And then, um, you know, just, uh, but I feel like, you know, they, they still find like a lot of fun ways to, yeah. Like play with the different things in it. Like, you know, they don't need, um, like big fancy stuff. Uh, oh yeah, but, sure. Yeah. And I feel like you know, so many horror movies are just like, um uh, you know, especially like, you know, these kind of ones that with like, you know teens in the suburbs and stuff, I feel like the houses are always like these big mansions and
0: stuff. Yeah, it always feels like they're, they're always just a couple of classes above what they should be able to afford in terms of their house. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, no, like that. Like, you're telling me these are normal teenagers with normal families, but their houses are clearly someone who's at least at the top of the upper class kind of range yeah. of like buying a house. But I, yeah, one of the things as well that we should mention is the idea that. Her sister, when she picks her up at the start, doesn't know what's going on. She doesn't realize, like, she, she, because I, I assume when she's like waiting for someone to pick her up, I was like, okay, her friend or whoever's coming to get her because yeah. they know she's making an escape. But when her sister arrives, she's like, wh- why am I here? What's going on? What's, 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 like, she has no idea she's in this abusive, like, I mean, she knows, she knows she's in a relationship with someone, but she has no idea it's this abusive or that, that she's this scared and she wants to run away. And I think the house at the start is part of that in the sense that oh like you look at that for you know face value from the outside you go oh she's got this bo- this rich boyfriend that, that, should, that should be like a a paradise tour there's this, this big fancy modern house with security yeah. like she's living the dream she's, she's found the sugar daddy right like this is yeah. <laughs> from, from the outside perspective this feels like but no this feels like a prison tour that this big fancy house that costs millions and millions of dollars feels like a prison um mm-hmm. and i think this idea that on the outside it feels normal but You don't know what's going within the relationship that this this idea is going there. You know, I watched Big Little Lies last year and like how there's like a a seemingly perfect relationship on the outside, but it's just abusive on the inside, and none of her friends or anything know that anything's going on. Um, that's definitely in this movie as well with that stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: And then the other thing here, of course, is that what he's clearly trying to do here with the sister is he's trying to take away her support group. He's trying to take away all of her other yeah. connections so that she, all she has left is him. And then that, of course, leads into what he also does with uh, James and Cindy in a minute. But uh, really good stuff.
1: Yeah. If maybe I have, like, one minor quibble... Uh, and again, it's just, like, like, a little nitpick. Like, it doesn't really make, like, a huge difference in the movie for me, but, like, it does feel like he... Um, like, it does seem kind of surprising that these people who are very close to her, like, seem, you know, very, um like, very fastly can, like, kind of turn on her. um <clears throat> Like, again, you know, I'm sure that email was, like, you know, very hard to read and very damaging and everything. But still, at the same time, uh you know, she's been through so much stuff. And, like, if she's showing up at her sister's door and saying, like, no, please, please, like, I really need you. Like, let's talk this out. Like, um. Yeah, it feels like kind of weird that she would just be like, "No, screw you," and like shut the door in her face. And then um, same thing with what happens with James and, <clears throat> James and them in a minute. If it's like, "Please, please, please, can we just talk about this instead of like just automatically like leaving?" Um,
0: I don't know if I agree with this actually because. Especially because what happens next with James and Sydney... Uh, I mean, the sister... Yeah, I can see what you're saying. And that, that can go either way. But at the same time, all she really does is like, get angry and slam the door. That's not her saying, I'll never speak to you again. I mean, she, maybe she does say that. But like, I don't really believe she means it, right? Like, sure. this is something that can be patched up after she's calmed down. But James and Sydney, I totally get this one because... Like you know, Sydney's with her, and then like, this is you know this is when she goes back to check her laptop after the email things happened, and she's like, "Oh my god, this has happened." She starts crying, and you know, Sydney comes in the room, and basically, Adrian as the Invisible Man slaps Sydney
1: across the face out of nowhere, and it's really that's really hard slap, and and again, if if the strength does ha- or if the suit does maybe have extra strength or something, maybe it really really hurts. Yeah. But- uh, I, I feel like I need to see this scene again because, like, they... Because, like, they, they weren't, like, super close, like, to each other, right? Like, I mean, she wasn't...
0: She was close enough to slap her, if that's what you're getting at.
1: Wasn't she, like, kind of getting up off the floor, though? Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, to me, it felt... And, and obviously, I just saw this once in theaters. Maybe if I go, go watch it again, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. But, like, it seemed like like Yeah, she was close enough to slap her, but at the same time, I feel like you would have seen her, like, you know, um, like, you know, like, you don't see her, like, you know, pulling her arm back and everything, like. Oh, no,
0: of course know. of you don't. But I, I think that's the reason why it works and the reason why like cuz what cuz what else is the, what else is the answer like you know to, from sydney's perspective she's talking to her right and then all of a sudden she feels slapped across the face and her nose is bleeding like yeah well like she has no reason to think there's an invisible person in the room, like like, ov- sure. like she she basically her mind just sort of deduces the only thing that makes sense is that the person she's talking to just hit her, mm-hmm. and that makes her scared. And then obviously James comes in, and it makes sense to me that James immediately gets angry with her because, mm-hmm. under what circumstance as a parent would you not immediately just side with your kid and like oh, he, totally yeah, like even if there's a chance that you believe that maybe there's an explanation to this. You would be like, no, I'm going to get her to safety first. But if there's something to talk about, we'll talk about it later. But I'm not, I'm not having like my my child near you right now. Like, sure. it makes <laughs> sense. Um, and given that by this point in the movie, he's heard her claim that the, you know her her boyfriend or ex boyfriend is walking around an invisible because he's at he was at the meeting with Tom. He, he heard her theory. She's starting to sound crazy, uh and more and more crazy. So her hitting like his daughter to him at this point is just the next escalation and her losing her mind and like mm-hmm. so to to me like <clears throat> it's not so much that he vilifies her immediately it's that sure. he buys that she's going down this path of going crazy and yeah, it, yeah. I, I think that that's believable to me that he's like okay if nothing else i am getting my daughter away from you right now and this is when she's left alone in the house and we get this extended 20 30 minute sequence <laughs> of various things happening where she's looking around the house, she's trying to find where he is, she's like, you know, she she basically does that thing from I know we did last summer where she's like, mm. I'm right here. Come on, come and get me. What are you waiting for? <laughs> like she she basically has that
1: moment in the house. And I thought isn't there kind of a moment like that in Home Alone too? <laughs> or not Home Alone the sequel, but the Home Alone as well Uh kind of i guess <laughs> like, <laughs> i think there's there's a part where it's like like i'm right here come and get me <laughs> like, <laughs> i mean
0: yeah, I mean, it's he's, it's he's, that's that's it's a different context because he's he's kind of luring them into a trap, right? Because he's like, yeah. you know, you better come and get me before I call the cops. Like that's what you're thinking of,
1: right? Probably.
0: Yeah, it's not the same thing. It's, it's not the same. as there's a, there's a killer or someone stalking him, and he, <laughs> he's like, "What are you doing? Come out and find me. Stop tormenting me." Um, but, you know, she she puts like, you know coffee beans or whatever it is all over the floor so that if he has to walk over it. Mm. But of course, I'm thinking to myself here that like yeah but he's seeing you do this so he knows not to walk over it so i like that she starts to think outside the box but at the same time she has to do it in a way that he can't predict it or he has no choice but to like walk over the thing or whatever
1: and i like that she like when she's like kind of like sitting down and it's like very late at night and like she like starts having a conversation with him and i like the idea of like kind of you know it's like going back and forth between like you know kind of like the doorway where she's looking at and you know she's kind of saying these things and i like just the idea of like he might be there he might be hearing what she's saying but like we don't know
0: (laughs) yeah and that's that's i mean it's played off very well where he might be listening to every conversation at all times but at the same time it also makes me think about uh it's usually about the ending which we'll get to when we get to but uh so, she eventually has the idea of, like, phoning his phone. Like, you know, if does he still have his cell phone on him? And if so, like, well, is it here? And she phones and she hears it vibrating from the attic. So, she gets the ladder, goes up to the attic. Uh, you know, it's all very tense. She goes up and she finds the phone. She finds, like, her portfolio that was taken from before. And then his phone actually, you know, vibrates. And it's like a text from an unknown number saying, surprise. Uh, mm. So, he's outright communicating with her at this point. And... Mm. We get kind of one of the big money shots here when she goes over to the the, the the attic entrance and she pours over some of the paint because she suspects that he might be down there and he's like right in front of her on the ladder. Like he's right in her face and we get the paint I, just on the head and shoulders.
1: Yeah. And uh, now I, I don't know if you'd like consider this like a jump scare, but like <clears throat> a lot of people in my theater <laughs> like jumped at this scene. Like it was just such a... Like because up until then you, you just... um have seen so little Mm -hmm. uh, like you know uh, of if you see anything like any evidence of him you know it's been so minute that to all of a sudden have like a very big like yeah he's definitely there (laughs) is shocking
0: (laughs) i mean it is a jump scare uh but like it's a well-earned jump scare doesn't feel cheap it's just like no it's natural it makes sense uh, yeah. We we know like, like
1: the difference is it's like not like a big dumb CGI thing like jumping out at you.
0: <laughs> well no, it's not, but it's also completely set up and we know there's a chance yeah. he's there. We just didn't expect him to be so close. That's kind of what the jumpiness is of it. Uh yeah. So that's no, it's well done. It's really good stuff. And you know, she kind of chases him down, she's got like a knife. But we see that he's, he's he's been at the water and he uh, he's like, you know, washed the paint off kind of thing. Uh, but then he picks up, and this is actually one of the points where I said he must have super strength because he like picks her up by the throat and she's like completely yeah. off of her feet. It's very Michael Myers-esque where she's just like in the air dangling and her feet are kicking. And
1: yeah, even if he's like a pretty because he's like pretty physically fit guy, that'd still be pretty hard. Yeah, so
0: th- I think at this point, at least I was thinking, okay, he's at least got supernatural like you know slasher movie villain strength. Uh, but you know, it's, they have this struggle where he's throwing her through tables and into the the, the 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 cupboards, and there's like stuff smashing, and she's like smashing like stuff over his head. She's got like a pot and a pan, and she's got like a yeah. like a like a something you know something that smashes over his head, and she's just like you know trying to hit him as much as she can. Um, and she eventually makes a run for it, and you know, and I love that the camera follows her as she runs out the house, and she's running for for as much, as far as she can, and we see her go past the camera, uh, on one of the you know, the, this is one of the houses has got a, she, yeah, it's got a security camera, and she this is when she calls for the for the for the lift, and I love kind of how smart she is as a character here because as much as she's like obviously she's scared and she's running she's being proactive because she intentionally calls the cab and tells the cab to go to his house she goes to his house when she knows he's not already there because he was just chasing yeah. her and so this is smart stuff she, she she goes there to try and like find some evidence or fi- you know figure stuff out and you know she does she gets in there and she's like walking through this house for the first time since she escaped and like, there's dust sheets over everything and the wind's blowing through it because it's like the morning now and she, f- she goes down into the, the, the lab area and she finds, like, another suit. Like, you know, a version of this suit is, like, you know, it's, in, it's in, like, a sort of, like, uh, it's been held up by like whatever and this like mannequin tear thing and she basically you know turns turns it off and we get like all these little cameras like in the suit and like moving around and like sort of so you get this idea that they're all little cameras but also screens and I mean if anything there should be like a predator effect because it's hard to buy that it's such a seamless like sure. truly invisible thing but you know what we'll go with it because yeah. it's a movie and it's fun and it's yeah.
1: you know part of the charm but uh, and, yeah, if, if I have one minor complaint is like I, I, the suit The way it looks, it makes sense, but I just don't think it's, like, that cool looking. That's fair. Uh, Like, uh, but, I don't know, like, to me, like, it seems like something, like, uh, that you'd see, like, a Marvel villain or something, like, you know, this is what they would do if if there was, like, an Invisible Man character and they need to, like, update it for a movie or something, but...
0: Yeah, it feels like, uh, yeah, it feels like the suit itself kind of, like, makes the movie feel less mysterious like yeah. w- once you see what the suit looks like it feels kind of like okay as much as i liked it it was just a guy who was invisible before and obviously this solves that he's not naked but he's dick flapping around because <laughs> you know everything you know hollow man the invisible man they're all yeah. cases of like mm-hmm. the person like has like a serum or something that makes them invisible so they have to be naked so it doesn't you know whereas here he's in a suit so he's not like cold at least <laughs> right <He's>, yeah <laughs> uh, makes sense but <laughs> uh, uh, although that does actually raise a lot of minor plot hole i suppose if you think about it like the breath when he's outside like why is his breath showing uh
1: i i was actually thinking about that but i mean you have to breathe through the suit yeah that's true. so i guess um yeah kind <laughs> of let it go <laughs> yeah but I, I i know i was thinking like the same thing too uh, uh afterwards
0: yeah okay yeah uh in fact, I'm surprised they didn't do a shot at one point where he lifted the bottom of it up to see his mouth sure, uh, yeah. and then just sort of closed it. Maybe they thought that would look too goofy, but I don't know. Yeah. I'm surprised <laughs> they didn't do something like that. But anyway, she finds uh, she finds and- uh, the suit and she actually stashes it in like a secret compartment she had in the closet where she was hiding stuff to escape from before uh, because she actually hears the dog barking so she knows that he's about to arrive. Yeah. She knows that he's about to sleep. So so she has to hide it before he can see her do this. Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, one thing I do have to say is uh, as much as I like her character, uh, screw you for like (laughs) never taking this dog. Like he seems like such a good dog, but like, all right. So it's one thing like, all right, you can't take him uh, with you when you're making your first initial run away, I guess, whatever. But then like afterwards, once he's dead, uh, it's like, all right. So is this dog just like fending for himself? (laughs) on this like abandoned house. Like, well, uh, someone needs to take care
0: of it I think from her perspective she assumed that the brother took care of the dog or something she has no she reason to yeah. think that the dog was just left there <laughs> yeah
1: well, I mean, at this point, though, when she comes and sees that the dog is still there, it's like, all right, now you come on, you gotta, someone's gotta take care of this thing.
0: But again, she's left the left driver outside, and she just makes a, and she narrowly makes her escape. If anything, the yeah. dog's why she's able to get away, because the dog kind of right, right, right. you know causes enough of a distraction. Uh, but there is like a moment here where she's hiding in the closet, and he like steps into the closet, and we see like the footprint in the the carpet, and that's how she knows he's there, and she gives him a you know a whack. Uh, so, you know, fun, fun, fun you know, enough sequence.
1: No, the like this house feels so out of the way and so remote. And, you know, like the lift driver even says something like, oh, that's far, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, So that that was one thing that was kind of like, like, how the hell did he get to the house so fast? You know, like, although I guess if we're to believe that, you know, spoiler alert (laughs) for the end of the movie, if there's two of them, possibly that that. I don't know. If... I, I don't think there's two of them in
0: the whole movie. I, 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 I Tim, the answer to this is really simple. He can drive. At, uh, <laughs> I don't know what else you want. Like he, he gets there like ten minutes after she does. That's quite believable to me. <laughs> um,
1: I, guess. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I guess. I yeah, I guess. I guess he doesn't have to wear the suit the whole time because <laughs> exactly. I, I guess I'm just thinking of him constantly wearing it, just driving a car while he's invisible. But yeah, I guess he could take it off and go there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I assume he's just driving. He's just 10 minutes behind her. That makes sense (laughs) to me. Uh, But... She gets out and she calls the sister and says, look, I know you're mad at me right now, but I need to see you. And she gets her to a public place. Uh, and that's what's her suggestion because she, obviously she's like, oh, well, nothing can happen in a public place with anybody people, right? <laughs> uh, so they get to this restaurant and her sister comes in and she's mad at her, but she's like, oh, willing to hear her out. And she's like, look, I didn't send you that email. And I, I found proof. I actually found proof that he has made himself invisible and he's tormenting me. And... Um, and her sister's starting to sort of listen to her, starting to not look pissed, starting to like look at. She's actually starting to believe her a yeah. little bit. And It's just at this moment, there's this this is this might be the the, the best kind of shock moment of the movie. Is at one point her sister just notices next to Elizabeth Mossy's head there's like a floating knife. It's just sort of, it's yeah. vertically standing there, just this floating knife, mm-hmm. and just and it's just you've just got long enough to notice that it's there as she does, right? You just get this shot of her, noticing it's there, and just as you realize what's there, that's a knife floating in midair, it moves and quickly slits the sister's throat.
1: Yeah.
0: And (laughs) as soon as that happens, the knife just flies into Elizabeth Moss's hand. So to anyone who now sees this, and there's this woman actually who turns around and sort of notices that this woman's dying, that there's her throat slit, and starts screaming at Elizabeth Moss. And Elizabeth Moss, who has just watched her sister be killed in front of her, starts mm. it's just in shock and it mm. takes like a while for her to drop the knife and she's just kind of in a state of shock as like you know waiters mm. come and subdue her and obviously they're waiting for police and so on and this is such a brutal moment and it's a moment that i think kind of makes the whole movie work for a couple of reasons because up until this point up at the, as much as everything he's doing is awful and he's this awful human being because of what he's doing to her you don't necessarily know up until this point that he's willing to kill someone right yeah this is the first time he actually takes that step where he's actually a complete psychopath and is willing to kill someone so that's a big step for the movie because now he's actually dangerous in that sense (laughs) and then on top of that i feel like this is the perfect escalation for me where okay we're just getting settled into this idea where she knows and because all because at this point it almost starts to feel like it's not a horror movie because okay she's proven that it's this suit and because it is just a suit it's like well it's not that mysterious or creepy anymore it's just this like techno technological thing we have to fight back against but this moment makes it a horror movie again this moment says no 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 he is a killer now and it becomes scary again, and that's why I think this moment's so effective. On top of the fact that it's just shot beautifully, the way because it's just it's the way that you just it's long enough to see it floating there, and as soon mm-hmm. as you as soon as you comprehend, wait a minute, he's holding a knife up next to her head, zoom, mm-hmm. throw it, slit yeah. and dead.
1: <clears throat> yeah, it, it, it's so well done, and like, and it's just like it's it's not just the act itself that's surprising, but I do feel like you know, uh, we're conditioned to think like, all right, she's in this big crowded place. Like it's, you know, there's so many people around, like this has to be safe, right? Like, you know, surely he's not going to do something with so many witnesses, but you know, it's like when you're out in a public place, like no one's paying attention, uh, you know, or at least, you know, not constantly looking over. So you do do something like this so quick that, you know, most people probably aren't even going to realize it until, yeah, someone does look and it sets off this chain reaction. Yeah. It's like, I was like really surprised at this point. I was like, holy shit, like, uh, yeah, talk about like escalation. It's like, all right, things are getting like really exciting.
0: Yeah, talk about escalation. Talk about, I mean, go back to the gaslighting. This is like the ultimate gaslighting. Oh, yeah. She gets thrown (laughs) in an asylum is a psychotic <laughs> person uh, because she's made to look like she's just killed her sister and she's screaming about an invisible man who's responsible for her. at least she looks like a raving lunatic at this point and we know yeah. it's all true but no one else does and even people in the the, the, the restaurant are all scared of her now in one second yeah. she, he makes perfect strangers think that she's a psychopath in the space of a second and i think that's the other thing i love about this scene is that it it, it really pays off like just how much he can get away with being invisible like just the the, yeah. the potential of the, you know the, the 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 dangerous and dark potential of an invisible
1: maniac <laughs> not to yeah. use that phrase <laughs> uh i like the, like even the start of the scene like they kind of have like this weird little jokey waiter that like it, it kind of like um like as i was watching I was like that's kind of like a weird scene to have like you know yeah, they're kind of like joking about the menu he's like kind of this like hipster waiter and stuff and then like jojo what's so but, funny
0: about this though tim is that i've yeah. had this waiter multiple times that's that's exactly oh, sure. like oh yeah the <laughs> amount of waiters i've had who are, who is the who are this hipster douchebag i tell you yeah.
1: <laughs> oh no and like i totally get it and like i thought it was kind of funny but it just seemed kind of weird and random but i do like looking back on it now it's like i like how no it, it's setting you up for you know even like the start of the scene is, like, a little jokey because it's, like, yeah, we're going to have, like, one of the most gruesome parts of the movie. Yeah, it's,
0: it's lulling you into a false sense of security is what it's doing. Yeah. You're like, hey, and it's a normal like, scene. They're in a restaurant. They're safe. There's not, yeah. nothing can go wrong here.
1: Yeah. And then, like, like, after this, like, you know, she's being interviewed by, like, you know, James and this other cop. And then, like you mentioned before, you know, it's not just this <clears throat> particular incident, but they're also, like, looking at, The stuff that's been going on, and and like you know, they show the security camera of her like running through the streets, and she looks like insane because she's just running you yeah know, scared of something that's not there it's the
0: security camera footage it's the email to the sister. is hitting sydney like right. it, it yeah. looks like a natural escalation right it looks like believable yeah. that she's gotten to this point and in the sense where you because know, because james and I, I like james's reaction here where he actually feels guilty where he's like i shouldn't have left you alone like as much as i cared about my daughter yeah. i failed you by not being there to try and help you because you're you're because he still thinks she's going insane right and i i failed yeah. you by not being there for you um so he's still quite likable because even though because this could almost be the annoying trope right where no one believes her, right because how many how many supernatural horror movies have we watched where the wife is seeing creepy shit and the husband just doesn't believe her right this could yeah, almost yeah. be like that but <coughs> he's still very likable in this scene because in believing that she is going insane he genuinely feels guilty that he's like look if you take it from his perspective where he sees these things happening he sees the escalation of like okay the, the fainting the thinking the invisible man's happening to hitting his daughter to <laughs> Then this murder, like, it's actually really likable that he's like, no, I should have been there for you better, I should have done better, but yeah. not 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 in the believer sense because of course what she's saying does sound completely insane, mm-hmm. uh, but like so I like that element too. He he comes across yeah. as very likable even when he's doubting her, uh, which is cool.
1: Totally,
0: yeah.
1: Mm. <clears throat> so and then, um, yeah, yeah. So now she's like in this um uh, I, I don't know if it was like a like a security prism or like a mental asylum or whatever, but she's basically like mental hospital, you know, I think would be the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I got to Oh, and actually maybe I was, I was skipping ahead, but I do like uh, two, when she's like talking to the cops and she's saying like, no, I have proof, but like, I can't tell you here. He's, he's listening. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and, and again, you, you kind of almost like want to be like, all right, can someone just kind of get up and just kind of start, like... You know, just, like, <laughs> waving their hands around <laughs> so they can feel something, but, like... But, I mean, yeah, obviously, everyone's, like... Not gonna do that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, it, it like, so just humor me for a second and, and let me, yeah. like, try and prove that he's here. Uh, yeah. But, like, no, she does sound crazy, and even though we know she's right, he's probably in the room listening to them. Like... Yeah. Like, no, totally. yeah. yeah. So yeah yeah so uh, the lawyer comes to see her and reveals that he is in on it and he's like look we i can get you out of here i can like, make this all go away because w- what we find out here is that she's pregnant and she's been pregnant yeah. for about a month and uh basically what we find out is that uh, the lawyer you know uh, tom says this can and all th- go this can all go away and um, all you have to do is go back to him and have the baby like that's all you have to do, because it turns out like you know he wanted to have a baby, and that's kind of what the family motivated her to try and escape, because she knew that if that happened, then she'd probably be tied to him forever, and like that that'd be it. Yeah. Uh, and he, he wants her to tell. There's
1: have... nice. Uh, yeah. Say there's, there's nice like setup to this too. Like earlier when she was on the phone with the doctor, and she's mm. talking about the drugs that were in her system. <clears throat> you know, it's kind of faint, but you hear the doctor say, "Oh, there's something else I want to talk to you about," but like she's already so like, freaking out about the the pill bottle that appeared in the bathroom that she's just, like, not listening on the phone. Uh, so I, th- I thought that was cool. Um, and then uh, I gotta admit, like, it, it's not, like, anything... I don't think, like, anything in the movie necessarily, like, comes out of left field. Uh, like, I think, um you know, the slitting the sister's throat was definitely pretty shocking. But, like, uh the brother stuff in this scene, I, I gotta admit, like, I was, like, actually, like, surprised. Like, it, it's not, like... Um, like out of nowhere like you know it all makes sense in the story but like yeah once he kind of you know goes like yeah all you gotta do is go back to him I was like oh shit <laughs> like yeah and I didn't like actually I didn't see that coming
0: but this was all part of his sick maniacal plan and yeah. uh, he, I,
1: it, I, it, I am curious though like how they like if she did agree to it like I'm like how did that work like <laughs> how are you going to get him out of uh, like jail at this point
0: yeah or get her out of jail and, you mean
1: Or get yeah sorry yeah get her out of jail. Um, I'm assuming you'll probably have to do something to reverse uh, his fake death. Well, that kind of happens anyway. Like they have an explanation for that. Because this is the thing: the brother doesn't know that he's
0: (laughs) going to be the scapegoat (laughs) at this point. The brother, because the brother's being used uh, equally. but the brother's like doing it for him and she steals one of his pens uh, for later. And this is what I love when characters get proactive. I love that because this is the beautiful thing. Like so many movies are about how like the main character, especially when you've got like a, a character who's scared or weak early on, you know, Terminator is a big example of Sarah Connor who's like just like, as soon as stuff starts happening early on in that film, she's terrified and she's kind of feeble. But over the course of the film, she grows, she becomes stronger, she finds her strength and realizes she, she can fight back and she can be strong. And yeah. it kind of happens here as well because you know, when we first see her after she escapes, she's like you know scared to go leave the house, she's scared to walk down the driveway. Uh, but then here she gets this this plan where she basically uh, you know goes to the shower, she pulls out this pen. Uh, that she's, she's she's you know hidden you know throughout the day and she's like look i'm not letting you have this baby and i don't care if it means killing me i am not giving you that and she goes to stab herself in the slit of wrists essentially and she does actually stab herself it's just as the first puncture does happen and this is it's just but it's just to lure him out it's just it's just to draw him out so he'll grab her arm and stop her and she, he grabs her arm, and she's got the shower turned on, and she just turns and says, oh, there you are, and then starts stabbing the <laughs> shit out of him with a pen. Uh, and this is kind of, again, with the movie it escalates again, right? Yeah. And yeah. this makes his suit glitch, because she stabbed him enough times that it's kind of glitching, so he's kind of flickering off, or on, depending on what your perspective is, <laughs> where you sort of yeah. see like part of his head and shoulders again, so every so often. And she kind of like you know, the, the security guard kind of opens and he beats up a security guard. And this is like maybe where you can maybe have a little critique of like just how good he is, because he's basically John Wick uh, as he walks through <laughs> the, the halls of the hospital, taking yeah. out all these security guards, making them shoot themselves in the legs and bashing their heads into the walls. And... Uh, and, and like- to her credit though like again she's like very sympathetic in this scene not not just because she's running away from someone who obviously is after her but because she's constantly telling the guards and the people who are like running into the scene to know yeah. he, like he's right behind you he's dangerous she's trying to help them they, they just don't yeah. believe her they, they just think she's crazy uh, but of course they do start to yeah. see things like enough of them do start to see like him doing things to other guards they, they know that something's there and they, they, they get scared that there's one guy who's like sort of like like, just sort of like nervous holding his gun, and then eventually the, the, the invisible man like strips him in the leg and stuff.
1: Yeah. And, and I guess, to like, you know, their, the cops' credit and stuff, <clears throat> or um, security guards or whatever, like, you know, one thing I kept thinking was, like, all right, why doesn't someone just, as soon as you see that glitch or whatever, why doesn't someone just shoot her or anything? But I guess you could say, like, oh, it's such a weird thing that it gives them enough, like, pause to question, like, what the hell is going on that. That gives yeah. him the time he needs
0: to bash them in yeah it's just the shock factor it's just kind of like when it first started happened to her she wasn't really sure what was happening like there's there's like yeah. kind an of initial shock of like oh what the hell's going on here uh so now we get this big scene though where he's kind of glitching in and out and he's like killing all these security guards or at least i mean i think later on we find out that not all of them are dead you know some of them he's just hurt really badly uh he's yeah. just sort of incapacitating them <clears throat> uh, but basically what he threatens here
1: Kinda of reminded me of uh, obviously it makes sense, but it reminded me of like upgrade a little bit. Sure, yeah. Uh, but
0: he's he, so, so she runs outside into the, 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 the car park, the parking lot, and it's raining. Um and which is really cool because it means when he's walking in the rain you get the odd glimpse of him just from the, the shape of his body. Uh, but she's kinda like you know, ducking and diving, she's looking for him under cars, she's cause she's got one of the guard guns at this point from one of the security guards, and she's trying to kill him and try to find him. But this is the thing, he grabs her and, you know, talks to her and says, Well, you know, maybe you can threaten yourself, but here's the thing, if you don't do what I want, I won't hurt you, I'll hurt someone you care about. And then he brings yeah. up Sydney and he basically says, it basically implies that he's going to go straight to Sydney and kill her. And this sort of like, you know, like he drives off in a car, she tries to shoot the car, she ends up like stealing some other dude's car. Uh and <laughs> there's a lot funny about here that I really liked where she's sort of like you know she shoots this car the guy gets out and he's okay he's he sort of bashed his nose on the, the, the the steering wheel but he's not you know too bad and she steals his car and when she's in the car, like, this guy's wife's on the phone to him, right? You know, on the, <laughs> the car phone. And she's like, honey, honey, William? You okay? William, what's going on? William. <laughs> and, like, eventually, uh, Cecilia does pick up the phone says, "Uh, eh, sorry, he's okay, I promise, and, like, hangs up. And I thought, <laughs> that that was kind of really, it was kind of funny, but, like, a really sympathetic, funny thing that she's willing to, like, oh, but I promise your husband's okay, right? It's fine. Like, uh, Like, I'm sorry I stole the car, yeah. but, like, he's fine. <laughs>
1: i <laughs> even like i forget what he says but there's something when he's like stumbling out of the car he says like like what the hell happened or something like yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny
0: yeah i don't know i actually like that a little bit but she actually yeah. she phones uh, uh james says look adrian like i know this sounds crazy but he's on the way to your daughter she's in danger go home now like you have to go home now and he makes it there first and he, he comes in and uh you know at this point i think you know when if the invisible man is already kind of like sort of grabbed her at this point and has her by the throat and he comes in and he's getting the the shit kicked out of him by him because he can't see him uh and he's like reaching for the gun and he can't quite get there and this is when uh cecilia gets to show up and be the savior because she 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 comes in with the fire extinguisher which was set up earlier sprays it at him reveals him completely because he's got the white sort of you know frosty look to him now and shoots him multiple times with a handgun it goes down, she unmasks him, and it reveals the brother. And I have to say, I don't know if it's just because the movie's really well set up, but after like about three seconds of like, oh, it's the brother, I went to myself, no, this is actually it wasn't him the whole time. This is just him now. This is just yeah. this is just another one of uh of, of Adrian's, you know, rosies, essentially.
1: Yeah. It feels like the um when she starts to pull off the mask, it just feels like <clears throat> it would be too convenient if it was like Adrian. Yeah, well, I think that
0: was the like, thing, is that it felt too easy. See, when she shoots some I went, wait, is this the end of the movie? This feels a little bit too easy. Yeah. So when she unmasks him and it's, and it's, it's uh, Tom, I was like ah, okay, because this feels believable again where you can sort of see how Adrian's going to start trying to get out of it and, of course, the police go to Adrian's place and they find him tied up in the basement. He's essentially faked his own kidnapping and he's blamed his brother for everything, which I think was always the plan. It was always the plan that this was my brother and that he would be dead so he couldn't you know, tell anyone what was really going on, and he's back now. And you know, Cecilia says to James, "Look, I know this was really him. It wasn't like he was the only one who knew about the diazepam that couldn't have been told him the whole time." Uh, That's true, yeah. And it's like, look, I'm hearing you, but like, we can't prove that. You know, like, what what do we do now? But I have to do my job and try and like, you know, solve this. And basically, it's it's later that night where she's in bed again. So, you know, so they trust her again, right? And she's in bed with Sydney, and she's just looking across at Sydney. And she, like, basically realises that as long as, like, Adrian's out there, she's never going to be completely free, and the people she cares about are never going to be free. So the end of the movie is this this ruse, right, where we find out later in the scene that, that James is outside, like, with, like, you know, he's listening in, like, you know, Cecilia's got, like, a wire on her. <laughs> but yeah. she goes in, and she, she basically phones Adrian, and Adrian's like, oh, my God, Cecilia, I'm so glad you called, and he's, he's playing dumb, he's play, doing all these things. Mm and she's like i want to see you tonight so she goes back to the house and she puts on a dress for like a fancy dinner and what i love about this this is what this i've been pointing this out because this is so good is that she shows up and one of the first things he says to her because she's in a dress she's got herself made up and he says oh you look amazing and then when they come inside he's like oh i didn't know what you would want so i ended up overdoing it and i've got like almost like a buffet i've got like some steak i've got some italian i've got some chinese food um so it's like a little bit of everything and what is so beautiful about this is that when you go back to the scene earlier on in the movie, where she's explaining to her sister and James what he was like, one of the key things that she brought up is that you know how he would, he would control her, right? And at first, he would start having an opinion on what she wore and then what she and she was only allowed to eat and dress as to his preference, like he would decide that. And I love the idea here that this confirms that he was there for that conversation because he's intentionally trying oh, yeah. to show to her. That he has changed, and that he, you know, he's appreciating what she chose to wear. He's he's considered that she might want any of this food, and it's basically tactical. He's manipulating her uh, again uh, because he heard what she said about him earlier on. He's trying to actively counterpoint everything she said, and I love that because one of the key things here is that. It, it's almost ambiguous where it never really outright confirms that it really was him the whole time, but there's just, an, like, everything we know about him, and there's one little moment where he says surprise, just like he did, when he because she says to him, like, if this, is, if this is going to be a thing, and if you want to be a part of this baby's life, like, you have to be honest with me, you have to admit what you did, and this is the thing, if he admits what he did, he's admitting that he killed a sister. Which, yeah. she never mentions in the scene, she never brings up, you know, admit that you killed my sister, but you have to admit that you, this was you the whole time. Uh, he never does, he's never willing to do it. Mm-hmm. But he does, uh, at one point when he touches a leg, says surprise. And I think that's I think that's the one little thing we have to confirm that it's him. Even though there's other like, clues, like, you know, like, the, the him only knowing a bit of Diazepam, all of the other things, yada yada yada. Uh, so that's basically... I love all that stuff. And then the, the actual actual ending, of course, is that she goes off to the bathroom to, like, freshen up. Uh, and when he's waiting for her to come back and he's sitting there all smug thinking that he's, you know, he's winning, that he's getting away with this. Uh, and he's, he's cutting his meat. Basically, like an invisible entity of some kind (laughs) picks up his uh, hand as he's holding the blade and makes him slit his own throat. And we know that he's got security cameras everywhere. We saw that at the start of the movie. We actually, I think we even cut to the security camera footage at one point during the middle of this to see it from that perspective. And it looks like he just slits his own throat. And then, you know, she walks back out in her dress, screams, calls 911, says, you know, I think, you know, so-and-so's just trying to commit suicide. And then... We see her get up, and she just backs away, and she knows exactly where the security camera, where the line of sight yeah. ends. And when she like goes out of frame in the security camera, she stops crying. She just sits down and stares at him and watches him die. And it's like, yeah. oh... Because, keep in mind, she had that second invisible suit stashed away in the, in the closet. And when james shows up runs in because when he hears all this from the from the wire he runs in and she's walking out the building with like a duffel bag and she's got the invisible suit inside it and she's like yeah i mean he committed suicide it's crazy that he would do that i mean what did it sound like on the comms and him knowing what's just happened goes yeah sounded like he committed suicide and (laughs) the reason why this ending works really well Uh, is that it bookends the movie because the movie ends how it started with her leaving this house. But the first time she left the house, she was running, she was scared, she was escaping like she was a prisoner, she was climbing over the wall. This time, she walks out triumphantly uh completely feeling safe completely feeling that she's regained control of her own life and the movie ends with her just walking away sort of and being triumphant you know it's she's she's yeah overcome her fear and she's completely (laughs) free now she's finally for the first time in the movie she is completely free of this man's influence and and before like some people agree in that picks and say it was the movie saying you should kill all your abusive exes no no no, it's not saying that it's a movie (laughs) it's heightened the point is is that you have to cut them out of your, your life completely and and the movie's uh, sense because he has he's earned his death basically by everything he's done by killing people uh, he's earned his death <laughs> uh,
1: man, I, I can already like just imagine like the shitty uh like men's rights oh takes yeah on this movie yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah I, you can already hear the the oh this movie is too political it's too sjw blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Uh, but it should be the movie has something to say like this this movie yeah. is too abusive uh, so, uh, you know uh, abuse victims and relationships to what get yeah. out as to you know like the black community i mean maybe that's a weird comparison but you know it's yeah, it's yeah. in those sort of lines where it's like oh no it's it's, it's, it's taking a lens on this particular issue and, and in the get out's case it was liberal racism and in this movie's case it's uh, you know abuse you know relationship abuse domestic abuse uh uh, and not just physical either, right? that's that's' one of the key things here. It's also mental. and yeah, which it, is kind
1: of like, you know, appropriate because it's kind of like, I guess you could say maybe like the the invisible kind of abuse like exactly. The, the, invisible,
0: it, yeah. the, the metaphor works Tim. It works perfectly <laughs> for what the movie is,
1: yeah, it's so good. And yeah, this ending is great. And I like the, yeah, like you're saying when she shows up at the house and she looks like so like, uh like you know like she she just looks like so stunning uh, and especially compared to like w- w- you know what we've just seen her cuz like you know it, it was almost jarring like the way she looked in the prison when she you know mm. she had like no makeup and you know she just looked like so like stressed and frazzled and, and like de- pale
0: de- defeated she was completely defeated yeah yeah
1: and then when yeah when she shows up here it is yeah like it, it like it seems like a, like a totally different person and then yeah i, I love 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 like all these touches of <clears throat> um you know yeah like you were saying like all this all these kind of callbacks and, and and it does feel weird like actually seeing adrian for the first time because like yeah we had like little glimpses of him before but when, uh-huh. when you just kind of like see him like he's been built up at the as this monster and then you just see him as a regular man and it's kind of like oh no like yeah sometimes that's what the monster is but it, it's like such a like it's so interesting seeing oh, it that, this that, that,
0: that's what makes the horror feel more sort of like acute is that it is just a real person and this is a, something yeah. that a person can do that, that's why some people you know think that someone with an axe is much more effective than a ghost because it's like no this some people actually does go around killing people but obviously that's <laughs> a thankfully that's a <laughs> relatively niche thing to happen unfortunately ab- abusive relationships like this are far more common than i I, yeah. I think it's interesting between something like this and something like get out and something like other movies that we've had in the last few years I think what's interesting is that horror movies are now tackling things that are a bit more widespread, are a bit more like, we have to put a lens on this, we have to talk about these things happening, and yeah. it makes the horror feel a bit more you know, even something like Revenge, which is like a rape revenge movie, but it was a rape revenge movie made for like a modern audience where it actually kind of villainizes the, the culprits in the right way, you know, it wasn't ice spitting your grave, or like, you know where it's, it's more this kind of like a grindhouse like exploitation movie you know I, I don't think revenge ever feel like an exploitation movie i don't think yeah. this or get out ever feels like an exploitation movie they feel like they're more thoughtful and they're not trying to pull punches like you know this movie like implies some very dark things that have happened to her and they they definitely feel you feel the gut punch at certain moments and uh all, all that stuff is 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 really good uh one of the lines i just want to put a line i love when she's talking to the brother in the uh the hospital uh, she refers to him as the jellyfish version of, of his brother oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. says you, you're basically just as bad just you just don't have the spine to actually be awful enough to do any of it <laughs> that
1: was really good Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> no i like a, yeah i totally agree with you it's um y- you know it's just kind of like having this extra layer to it like y- you can make a uh, an invisible man movie that's just like an invisible person trying to chase someone down and it can be very fun and it could be like a even like a great movie or whatever but um, when you actually make it about like this real world thing and kind of give it this like you know actual like you know social angle or problem or uh, you know to it or, or whatever, like it, it just makes it feel more deep. Uh, you know, makes it feel more real, like it gives like just all this more context and stuff that makes it um, you know just uh, yeah, th- I mean it, like it mean... th- feel like yeah, more powerful thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, to look at it, I mean, just to sort of make it very clear here, like the reason why this premise works with what it's doing in terms of its social issue is that it takes a premise of the invisible man, but makes it about the invisible abuse that that she gets, like, in two different ways. Invisible in the sense that a lot of it is mental, but also invisible in the sense that it's invisible to everyone outside the relationship, where yeah, we don't yeah. see it, you know, like... Uh, and in that way it's perfect for this premise it's perfect to sort of apply it to the invisible man and and this is not a new thing either like it's not like this is just a new thing horror movies are doing now if you think of some of the best horror movies of all time like the the night of the living dead dawn of the dead you know trilogy that that is like full of like you know social satire and it uses the zombies to be about something and even you know something like uh you know some other stuff i mean halloween less so but there is a little bit of something in there like we always talk about how horror movies can be tied to the, the times we're living through and kind of how vietnam led to a lot of a certain type of horror movie how you know uh, like like the you know the, the the politics in the 80s led to a lot of certain types of horror movies because of like you know uh what everything was going through with reagan and things like that and then how you know like after after 9 11 and like you know like going to the middle east again how there was a lot of like home invasion stuff and a lot of stuff have been unsettled by like you know outsiders and foreigners and things like that and sometimes it you know it comes across almost exploitive in that sense and sometimes it's like it's trying to make a sort of strong moral point and i think it's interesting what it says about our society now that horror movies are now shifting to tackle things like domestic abuse and things that are like hey these have these have existed this entire time like you you go all the way back to like when night of the living dead was made there was domestic abuse in 1968 i'm willing to you know (laughs) bet you know there's always been there but we're a society now who's trying to shed lights on these things and our movies are trying to do the same and for some reason, to a certain types of people, that infuriates them, because it's like, nah, no, horror, <laughs> horror movies and movies should not be political and fun. Movies, art has always been political, you're just an idiot who's never noticed, and it's just getting, you know, really specific. And um, also, so.
1: you're just mad because it's not lining up with your politics, like, no one gets angry yeah. when it's a message they agree on.
0: <laughs> exactly, yeah, it's like, like m- movies are too political, yeah, they're only too political when it's the opposing political side. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> <clears throat> um. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with that. And I think, um, you know, we're also really lucky where, um, you know, the people we have doing these movies are insanely talented. Like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, like uh, actually one thing I'd be interested to see if if you have any thoughts on this now. But I don't know. I think I might be a little more excited about um, like – Wan-El's movies uh versus Juan's uh because yeah they kind of came up together yeah uh, I they were like writing partners for a while and I- I'm sure they're like friends and everything but I
0: uh... I think that's a really interesting progression to wan L's career at this point where he directed Insidious 3 and that was like okay so he helped write Insidious with Wan, Wan did the first two and because Wan was busy doing all the things like wan kind of got his chance to like hey you can direct a sequel That is kind of yeah. not important right it's like the third movie in a franchise it may be okay but no one's going to care about it really and and it ended up in a fun little sequel, and like, we were like, hey, he's actually not bad at this directing gig. And then he went and did Upgrade, which wasn't a horror movie uh but it was like a really fun sci-fi kind of action movie that i yeah. think had its problems but the directing and it was very inventive and it felt like he was experimenting as a director really like, okay he did this sort of standard horror sequel which was solid and then he it got experimental and it feels like with invisible man he's kind of merged that together Where he's gone back to horror he's taking some of that experimental filmmaking and he's got maybe his most interesting story so far in his own directed movies and i feel like yeah i'm excited about where he goes next and james wan like because he's doing like aquaman sequels and shit like i'm less excited i mean I'll, i'm looking forward to his horror movie don't get me wrong his movie that he's yeah. doing now his giallo like i'm sure will be fun and i'm looking forward to that but i mean yeah wan arguably might be just as interesting to follow at this point if not more so and uh, i'm excited about that and I think and what, what, one of the things that com- uh, came up in what movie was it recently? Birds of Prey, right? And I, and I didn't like Birds of Prey. It wasn't my sense of humor. I had a lot of problems with that movie. But one of the things that the, uh, you know, those people, will say, uh, <laughs> were complaining about it being, you know, too feminist and whatever, right? Which is bullshit. But they complain oh, no,
1: I, I thought you were talking about, like, Matt and Connor.
0: <laughs> oh, no, no, Matt and Connor. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. The people who <laughs> complain movies are too political was oh, yeah. what I was going for. Uh like, they were complaining that uh, all the men in the movie are idiots, or they're all villains, there's no good men characters. And I'm like, so what? Big deal. Like, <laughs> like there's tons of movies where the men are the only heroes in the film, there's thousands of movies where men are the heroes. Who gives a shit if they're all idiots in one movie? Do you know how many movies there are where there's only, like, one woman character and she's awful? Or how many movies there are where there's only one black character yeah. and they're killed first, <laughs> or, or whatever, right? Um... But this movie does this movie, and it doesn't need it, right? But I think it is worth mentioning here to sort of curb those complaints. That this movie does have James, who is kind of a stand-up guy, who is kind of like, hey, like, you know, here's an example of a fine man who is there for her, who's not even a romantic interest. He's just a good dude. As- who who yeah, cares about? I was th- just
1: gonna mention that. I like yeah. that it wasn't like a romantic thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. No. I I like that he's a guy who's a good dad who cares about his daughter. He, you know, he cares about this this friend who he barely even knows because he knows her through her sister. He's friends with the sister, is what yeah. we understand. Uh, but you know, he is an example of a good person who. Uh, who isn't like any of these stereotypes, who is just a good guy, and it's believable when he doesn't believe things. And it, it kind of shows how gaslighting actually makes reasonable people kind of doubt the person that's being gaslighted. Oh, uh, yeah. But, like, you know, so you have this example there of that, uh and it's kind of a, you know, it's a good moment. And I, I think it's a big deal at the end when he kind of like sides where he's like, you know what, yeah, it sounded like he killed himself. Like, he's willing to sort of go with that. Uh, yeah so it's no, good stuff and you know he feels guilty later on perhaps because he didn't believe her um and it's, it's one of those things where it sounds so hard to believe and it's not a perfect metaphor for for believing someone like an abuse victim when they say they're being abused because obviously believing that someone is invisible and running around doing things <laughs> invisible is obviously quite far-fetched but yeah. you know it works in the context of the movie to be like okay that's you know people don't always believe people right away when they say they're being abused um but you know so you've got that element to it as well so uh really
1: good really and, good stuff um it, it, and just a, a few things um i i think there was a i don't know if you read it but i think there was um a news story maybe just recently like might have even been like today or like yesterday or something but i i think uh when i did sign some uh some exclusive deal with Blumhouse
0: or something? Yeah, I mean, he obviously did Insidious with them and Upgrade with them, so he's kind of already there anyway, but yeah, yeah. so it's it kind of sounds like they wanted to lock him down because this movie's getting even more buzz and it's maybe doing quite oh, well. Yeah. It's it's so And it's not a surprise I think that it's like, you know, I think it was like literally um, Friday? So it was maybe when the estimates came in for Friday but they said, okay, let's lock him down. <laughs> let's lock <laughs> him down for uh, a few years uh, to do just Blumhouse uh, projects.
1: Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I'm really excited to see uh, what else he's going to do. And hopefully, uh, yeah, I'd definitely like to see more horror stuff from him. I mean, it, it seems like that's what he's interested in anyway, but um,
0: yeah, I'll like- be
1: excited to let
0: it be known because I feel like I feel bad sometimes because I feel like sometimes we get a string of like a lot of movies that are quite bad and we just sit here and we tell you why they're bad <laughs> and I'm like I, I almost imagine some people if they just happen to watch like all the wrong episodes will think that we're never happy or we're never positive sure. <laughs> and I'm just I'm happy that you know between this and you know it's not been that long since we did uh like you know, depraved was pretty solid, and oh, you know we yeah. obviously did Lighthouse, but like I'm happy that we got another good modern horror movie because it's been a you know we've had some
1: rough ones. Yeah. Although this did make me a little nervous, and I'm like, Ugh. like, <clears throat> um, like what other good horror do we have to look out for the year? I mean, we just talked about the Candyman trailer, which I'm really excited about that, but like, uh, well, we have
0: Quiet Place Two, which might be good. That's true. Yeah, yeah. we have. A, I don't know if you will been getting the trailer for Antebellum, but that looks kind of interesting
1: i don't think i saw that yet
0: no. it looks interesting i've had the trailer a couple of times okay. in the theaters uh but that, that looks potentially good um
1: you know is uh, is <clears throat> i i guess it's hard to tell because like we've you know uh like we've been doing news stories about stuff that's like exciting like you know the the new james wan movie or the new sam Raimi movie or the new edgar wright movie but i don't know if those are this year or if um you know it'll be like next year what whatnot. Oh. Um, and, and I guess there's always, always exciting like VOD stuff that can kind of yeah because
0: that's I'm like, actually looking forward to seeing underwater when it hits VOD. Like, oh, that's true. I'm, I'm looking yeah, forward to yeah. checking that one out. Um, I mean, New Mutants will be interesting. I don't know if it'll be good, but uh, right, right, right. It'll yeah. be interesting. Um, and just looking ahead, I mean, Spirals oh, yeah. Curious. I mean, who knows what Spirals going to sure. end up being like. Is Halloween Kills this year? Yeah, that's 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 October. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Saint Mods getting buzz.
1: <clears throat> I am interested in that.
0: Uh, we're going to watch Gretel and Hansel at one point, you know, when that's in yeah. his VOD, so that's that, meant to be good.
1: So, I mean, that does oh, things. Oh, right? Green Knight too, yeah. That, that Green was Knight good. looks
0: good. Okay. Uh, the Lodge, which has had a limited release, again, that'll be a VOD one for us, but that's getting some buzz. So... <laughs> yeah i'll save my thoughts on that one <laughs> i've seen it already but yes uh, but uh, i mean that made it sound like you don't like it so i'm curious though but we'll see, uh, we'll see we'll see <laughs> okay we'll see we'll see i'm curious i'm curious uh so there's stuff coming there's a lot coming out this okay. year actually yeah
1: uh, okay, yeah i mean i think man I, i'd be really surprised though if this is a my number one of the year though i just i really like this movie <laughs> was really what, good.
0: it's february time calm down you know we, have, we haven't even done our top 10 of 2019 yet <laughs> it's true.
1: Uh,
0: calm down Maybe we'll get any surprise later in the year but uh, i mean yeah this is an early contender for that top 10 when we get to that next march uh, so good stuff good stuff yeah so let it be known we actually do <laughs> like movies occasionally uh but uh yeah, that is uh that is the invisible man. so you want to rate it yeah we should rate it. Uh, we give it Tebby.
1: Uh, I think we're gonna give it a nine uh, which I feel like um, is even when we like movies, I, I feel like it's still pretty rare for like a new movie that just came out but um, mm-hmm. again, I, I don't think there's really I, there's a few minor quibbles here and there, but I don't think there's really that much wrong with this movie. I had such a fun time uh, watching it. It was I thought, it's really everything about it, like stood out, like it looked great. It sounded great. The performances were great. Uh, the story really had its hooks in me. Like I was surprised at parts. Uh, yeah yeah, this, um, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm too uh, I'm pretty lazy now, so I don't know if I'll get back to the, uh, out to the theater to see it. But I, this is definitely something I'm looking forward to watching again mm-hmm. at some point
0: yeah I uh it's funny because when I was watching it like there were certain moments like I was saying how like it just changed things up just at the right time repeatedly where when I almost thought, like a, a section was maybe going on a bit too long or, I, or like I thought it might start feeling that way it just it changed things up and it kept going if I have yeah. quibbles you know um it's that maybe some of the mystery did kind of leave the movie when we find out it's just like a suit that's like and we see what the sure. suit looks like it, you know that kind of took yeah. a little bit out of the, a little a touch um and maybe like I almost wish that like maybe James like believed it was happening earlier, so that we could get like sort of like people working together to trap him, uh, kind of thing. But of course, I get why we didn't do that because the ending where she kind of does it herself and like sort of has this like you know revenge uh, is really satisfying. So I get it. I get why we didn't do that. But part of me wanted the it follows thing of like everyone believing her, so that they could all work together to try and like you know stop him with some sort of plan. But you know, minor quibbles because the movie. It's full of effective scenes. Uh, The the cast is pretty great uh, from top to bottom. I should mention the Invisible Man himself, Adrian, is the younger brother from Haunting a Hill House, if you recognised him. Uh, Oh, I didn't realise that. Yeah, Sam. That's cool. Uh, So that was cool. Um, I don't don't know if I want to go straight to that. I'm going to say 8.5. I'm going to say 8.5. I don't think I'm ready to commit to the 9 yet, but on a (laughs) rewatch, I think it might scrape that, but... I'm going to say 8.5. But clearly we're very positive on Invisible Man and uh, very much worth your time uh, going and checking it out. Uh, Our first big recommendation of 2020 Mm -hmm. for the new movies. So go and check it out. Uh, So loves it, loves it. Uh, Yeah. So there you go. Uh, That's been Screams After Midnight. Uh, You can, of course, let us know what you think of The Invisible Man in the comments below. You can like and subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, Get us on the Twitters, at Screams Midnight. And you can, of course, support the show by going to Apple Podcasts and rating the podcast uh, five stars. Give us a little review. More people find us that way. It gets higher in the rankings and of course earlier we mentioned patreon.com slash TV if you want bonus episodes at $1 or even voting rights once per month and some early access at the $5 tier go and have a look and see if you want to keep all the content coming uh, or you too can be a Patreon producer for $20 per month and get your name read right out uh, but that is uh, that is uh, that is pretty much us uh, check out all the content we've got coming uh, obviously uh, we mentioned stuff except for Patreon we should mention that uh, coming this month there is going to be a live stream because we're over a certain mm-hmm. uh, goal on Patreon so there will be a live stream for everyone uh, later in the month we're thinking monday the 16th of march mm-hmm. uh me and tim will be live uh, talking to folk we may watch a movie on the stream we might do other stuff but uh we'll be live together uh, and talking to people on the youtube channel so uh, look out for that uh, check out the content that we have Mailfuzz tv uh, sci-fi movie podcast the atomic cinema experiment check out the tv reviews all that other stuff uh but that is us so thank you once again for watching or listening and we always appreciate it keep watching scary movies guys and we'll see you next time.